This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com So we're going to learn a lot of things you're not going to like. But you need to know them. And we'll probably learn a lot of things you will like. Because you'll also be a parent. And you'll have those expectations. So the basis, the basis of Hilchus Kibbut of Aim. Um, of course, it's one of the Aseros of Deiros. Let's get to the Aseros of Deiros. Wallstein, you don't know my parents. If you knew them, it wouldn't be such a big mitzvah. We'll talk about it. We will talk about it. Uh, let's get to Aseros Okay. All right. So there are ten commandments, right? Everyone knows that, and they're not multiple choice. It's not like you could pick. I'll do. I'll do the second. I'll do the third. I won't do the fifth. You got to keep all ten. It's part of the six hundred thirteen mitzvahs. So the first mitzvah, Perek Chaf in Shemos, is a Neich Hashem Aleichecha. I am Hashem, your God. Right now, what should it say if, if I would, no, not, not if I was God, but if I was writing this, I would say, who created the world? I am Hashem, your God, who created the world, right? That's what Hashem did. That's not what it says. So, Neich Hashem Leikecha, I am Hashem, your God, Asher Yitzhay Sicha, Mi Eretz Mitzrayim, Mi Beis Avadim. Now, there's an extra two words in this. In this passage, why does it say me base avadim? It should say, "I am Hashem, your God, that took you out of Mitzrayim." We know we were slaves in Mitzrayim. Why does the passage have to tell us me base avadim? Good question, right? You learned the Sefer Dibros nine hundred twenty-five times, and you never asked this question. I am Hashem who took you out of Mitzrayim. Question number one: You're Hashem who created the world. Mitzrayim is a detail. Create the world, right? Number two, number two, why does it say we base of Adam? Okay, so you need to know that Hashem, God, is very into Hakaras Hatayv, gratitude, appreciation. I don't really talk politics at all, I'm not a political guy. But I have to tell you that I'm very worried right now for the United States of America. Why? I'm not into their politics. Democrat, liberals, all that stuff. I'm not into that. But for 20 years, they were at war in Afghanistan. And they didn't speak the language. So they needed interpreters people who spoke English and Afghi. I think that's the language, whatever. Um, so they got and paid and got a lot of these interpreters. Now, according to the Taliban, these interpreters are traitors. They help the Americans. So, if they could capture one of the interpreters, they did. They chopped their heads off. They killed their whole family. America now has just deserted them has just left. And all these interpreters, instead of getting them out, because we, we know that if we don't get them out, they're going to be murdered, we left them there. So I'm very worried because politics and, 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 and what goes on in the world outside of Klai Yisrael, not our business. But when a nation doesn't have gratitude... When you don't have a curse at Tov, Hashem turns his face from, from those kind of people. He's very into a curse at Tov. And really, it's something that I'm talking to you about because it's something that, that's going on in America, which I didn't really speak about when it first started, but this burning of the flag of the United States of America, this kneeling when they, or turning your face away, even in the Olympics when they play, you know, um, the national anthem of America is Kofi Taiv. You live here. You have freedom of religion. Um, you can make a lot of money in America. 
you have freedom, totally, right? It's not Russia. How do you burn the flag of the country that gives you so much? I mean, like, even during COVID, the food boxes that they send, and welfare, and unemployment, and all the stuff that, in God we trust, that's, not, that, 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 that's in America, and you burn that flag, you're kafi toiv, you're an ingrate. You kneel at a, at a sports event when you're representing the American people, that's kafi toiv, so it's not such a chiddush that we just picked up and left these interpreters to die with their families in a very terrible death. And therefore, the opening of the Ten Commandments, which is the basis of everything, the basis of Judaism, is I am I'm not Hashem who created the world, I'm Hashem who, create, who took you out of Mitzrayim. Now, big deal. You took me out of Mitzrayim, big deal. Yeah, the Pusik says... It's not that I took you out of Mitzrayim, but you were slaves. I took you out of slavery, and I gave you the greatest present I could give you, and that was freedom, which led to getting the Torah. So the beginning of the Ten Commandments, Hashem is telling us, I did you something special. I created the world for everyone. That everyone got. You should be thankful for that. We'll talk about that. I created the world for everyone. But you Jewish people... I did more than that. I took you out of Mitzrayim. Now, if I was sitting on the other side of this table, I would say, Rev. Waldstein, if you didn't put me in Mitzrayim, you wouldn't have to take me out of Mitzrayim. So it's sort of, I locked you in your room, and then I thanked me for letting you out of your room. Hey, Rev. Waldstein, you locked me in the room. Why am I thanking you? So, it's not today's year, but Mitzrayim was something that we needed to go through to become a nation. We weren't a nation. We were 70 separate individuals who came down to Mitzrayim. The 210 years of being in Mitzrayim, that made us into who we are. It made us into a nation. We suffered together. We helped each other. It made Klaishal into... So sometimes, yeah, you got to go through some hard stuff, some hard training to become who you are. But here specifically, a coach book who details, he says, yes, you could say, if I said, I'm a God who took you, who created the world, you could say, okay, so what, that does, why, am, why am I special? You create the world for everybody and for everything, for cows and for lions and for dandelions and for whatever, created the world. What about, so Hashem said, no. But you guys, I did something very special. I took you out of Mitzrayim. And that's not good enough just saying I took you out of Mitzrayim. Because what was, what was the problem with Mitzrayim? The problem with Mitzrayim was, there was a base of Adam. So the beginning, the basis of the Ten Commandments is based on gratitude. Okay, now, if you go to the fifth, of, fifth commandment. So, see up there on the wall, you have Ten Commandments. Start with the Neichi, the bottom is Kivit of Aim, right? So the, the bottom is what holds up the other four. Right? So the bottom of the first ten is kibbutz of the aim. The bottom of the second ten is you should not be jealous of your friend's wife, his slave, his maidservant, his animals, his finances. You should not be, it's, 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 you should not be jealous. Which, so the two, the two foundations of the Ten Commandments is kibbutz of the aim on the right side, and on the left side you shouldn't be jealous. Why are they the foundations? So, Kivit of Aim is based on Hakar Satov. So the first of the ten, I took you out of Mitzrayim, is Hakar Satov. The bottom is also Hakar Satov. And that is Kivit of Aim. And therefore, it answers a very important question. Now the question is, why is Kivit of Aim in the first five? The first five are between us and Hashem. Between Adam, Lamakom, between us and Hashem. Right? First one is, I am God. Second one is, who took you out of Mitzrayim? Second one is, you're not allowed to bow down. Oh no, yeah, you're not allowed to bow down to any idols. You shouldn't have any other 
any other idols. You shouldn't bow down to any other idols. The next one is you shouldn't say Hashem's name in vain. The fourth one is Shabbos. And the fifth one is Kibbut Avain. So the first four, Shabbos, you shouldn't curse Hashem. I am Hashem. You shouldn't bow down to any other idols is between us and God. Why are you putting Kibbut Avain in the first five? It should be Kibbut Avain is between us and a human being, between us and our parents. The second five, right, talks about um, you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't commit adultery, you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't uh, swear falsely about your friend, and you shouldn't be jealous. So the second five is made Adam Lechavero. Kibbut of Aim should be in the second five. Maybe it should be four and six. Why is it between Adam Lamakam? So this is very important, a very important fact. Which actually I'm going to talk about on, on, um, about on Rosh Hashanah, where in Shem, where we're not doing Avina Malkato this year, but we're doing it online. We're starting Sunday night. We have 12 speakers. It's going to be, it's going to be online. It's going to be amazing. And it's, it's one of my subjects that I'm going to talk about a lot. So, you can't have a relationship with anyone in your life. The first relationship that a, that a child has is with who? It's the parents. That's your first relationship. The second you're born, person nurses from their mother, there's a relationship there, right? That's your first relationship. Um, you can't have a relationship with other people if you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself. A person who doesn't see good in themselves will never see good in other people. You see in other people what you see in yourself. So if you're very hopeful about your life, you're very optimistic, then you're going to be optimistic about other people. If you're very pessimistic, whatever could go wrong will go wrong, then when you see somebody, you're going to be like, ugh, he's a loser because I'm a loser. He's a winner because I'm a winner. So it's very important that a person develops a healthy relationship with themselves. If you have a healthy relationship with yourself, then you can have a healthy relationship with others. When my daughters were going out for Shiduchim, one of the most important things I looked for is that the boy got along with his parents. There were some boys that were read to my daughters that were really good boys, you know, and everything, but, but they didn't get along with their parents. I'm like, I'm not, that he, if he failed on his first relationship, how is he gonna, how is he gonna pass the second relationship? So it's very important, but in order to get along with your parents, you really have to get along with yourself. So, Hashem is saying over here, in the first five, that kivut of the aim will end up not ben adam lechaveiro, but ben adam lamakom. Because if you can't appreciate a parent who, whether you have a dysfunctional relationship with them, whether they're abusive, I, I don't know your parents, whatever it is, but the bottom line is that your mother fed you. In the middle of the night at 2 o'clock, she changed your diaper. It's not fun to change someone's diaper at 2 in the morning. And then she walked around the house burping you till you get that burp. It's like, you know, that she did for sure. You wouldn't be alive. She took you to the doctor. She bought you clothing. Hakaras Hatov. This is a very, very essential thing that you need to know. Because otherwise the whole thing I'm teaching you is worthless. What does Hakara mean? It means recognizing. If I do something good for you, and it's good, you don't need to recognize the good. If I give you $100 and say, if I give you $500, buy yourself a nice dress for Yantif. Right? You don't, it's not Hakaras Hatov. Hakaras Hatov means that when not everything is great in that relationship, recognizing Hakaras that in that relationship there's good that's what Hakaras Hatov means not that it's blatant open like I have the greatest parents they do everything I want they take care of me it's an amazing relationship that's not Hakaras Hatov that's Tov Hakaras Hatov is being able to recognize sometimes relationship is not so good but being able to to recognize in that relationship that, that there is good. And if you can't do that, you can't have a relationship with God. 
because even though we learn that everything Hashem does is good, when you're suffering, you're not thinking that. That whatever Hashem does is good, because I'm suffering right now. So, if you don't have the ability to find in what you think is not good, something good, you can't have a relationship with Hashem. So, kibbutz of the aim is not bein adam l'chaveiro. It leads to bein adam and therefore, if it, 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 it is part of, not part of, it is the essential mitzvah in the first five. It is the foundation. And it's one of the questions that, that I, I have to tell you from my experience. Um, dysfunctional relationships between children and parents lead to dysfunctional children and parents. It's very, very important. I can't fix your relationships. I don't know your relationships with your parents, but we can fix your relationship with your, Mitch and with your children to recognize, and that's what we're going to do this year. I can't change, you, you know, maybe I could, maybe I can't. I don't know your parents. I hope most of them are very functional and you have a great relationship. We're going to learn all the halachas. But if you can't recognize that something they did for you was good, how are you going to recognize that Hashem did something good? So that's why that is the foundation of the first five. Yes. You can't get to Hashem unless you do your parents. Oh, why, why is that? Because that's the foundation. The first part, no, the first, I, I understand what you're saying, but the foundation's on the bottom, not on top. The foundation of a building is on the bottom. It's holding the other ones. If you put it on top, and a neichi would be on the bottom, then a neichi would be holding kibbutz of No, kibbutz of is holding a neichi. It's the foundation of a neichi. What about the, what about the tenth one? The tenth of the Ten Commandments. What is that? You shouldn't be jealous. That holds up the four of Ben Adam Lechavero. Why? Because a person who recognizes the good and has gratitude will never be jealous. I'm not going to be jealous of you if I realize that whatever I'm supposed to have, I'm supposed to have. So I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to lie about you. I'm not going to steal from you. Right? All the mitzvah ben Adam chaveiro. If I understand that I have, I I appreciate what I have. It's not about what you have. So the basis of the the basis of ben Adam lamakom between us and Hashem is kibud of aim. The basis of ben Adam chaveiro between us and another person is you shouldn't be jealous because again, it's all based on gratitude. If I'm thankful, what do I, what do I care about what you have? It's a very acute story. So sinna means hatred. And kinna means jealousy. One day, these two guys were walking. One guy's name was sinna, hatred. And the other guy's name was kinna, jealousy. And they met the king. And the king said, Hi kinna, hi sinna, how you doing? He said, we're good. He said, here's the deal. Whatever the first guy asks me for, I'm going to give him. But, the second guy gets double. So if the first guy asks for $100, he gets 100 the second guy gets 200 So as much as each guy wanted $100, but it was kinna and sinna, he didn't want the other guy to get to $200, so they didn't ask for anything. I would rather not get the $100 than you should get the 200 That's kinna, that's jealousy. So the king's there, he's like, none of you are asking. They're like, no, I, I don't want the other guy to get double. The king said, yeah, but at least you'll get something. Like, I'm, not, I'm not interested. All of a sudden, Kinna, which is jealousy, starts smiling. And he says to the king, I know what I want. The king says, okay, you're going to get single, he's going to get double. You know that. He goes, yeah, no problem. I have no problem with it. He goes, okay, what do you want? He looks at the king, he says, knock out one of my eyes. They don't get it. They're tired. Everyone in the room is tired. Kenna said, knock out one of my eyes. Why? Because then the other guy's going to lose both his eyes. Oh, God. Come on, girls. This is Benospino. you got to be sharp. Yeah. Okay. Same idea. Same idea. I'd rather, I'd rather not get something than you should get, than you should get double. That's, that's jealousy. So, 
that is the basis of of the of Ben because again, that's a person who doesn't have gratitude for what they have. So if I if I'm not if I'm not thankful for what I have, I want to have what you have. So the Ten Commandments foundation is Hakarsatov. Appreciating what you have. How many girls in this room appreciate what they have? It's a, it's a way of thinking. It's it's either you think about what I have, or you think about what I don't have. It's either way. So if you think about what you don't have, she has this, she has that. I don't have the IQ. I don't have this, and I have that. You're going to be depressed your whole life. If you're going to think about what you do have, you're going to be the happiest person ever. The happiest person. My father. I used to go to my father and say, "Ty, I can't go to school today. I have a terrible headache." He says, "So you have to thank Hashem. You have a head." I didn't like that answer, right? But that's what he used to tell me. Thank Hashem, you have a head. So in every, in every, in everything, you can you can find the good. So kibbutz of the aim, which we're going to learn about, there is good. There is a halacha. We're going to learn shulchan aruch. We're going to mamish learn inside. We're going to learn shulchan aruch. We're going to learn many different halachas that you never knew about. Some of them you're not going to be so happy about, but there, it's. It's, it is the hardest mitzvah. It's also one of the only mitzvahs that tell you the reward. I'll explain it to you. Honor your father and your mother. So that you should live long. In the land that Hashem gives you. There's one other mitzvah. You know the other mitzvah that says this? Anyone here know? Yeah, shluach hakan. If you if you see a bird and it's sitting on a nest, and you want the babies or the eggs, send away the mother and take the eggs. Hello, that's probably the easiest mitzvah in the Torah. Come, yeah, bye bye, mommy, and take the eggs. That's nothing. That's easy. The mayurichin yemecha has the same reward. As Kibbut of Aim, which is the hardest. And the reason the Torah does that is to teach us that the hardest mitzvah and the easiest mitzvah could have the same reward. Mitzvahs, the reward of a mitzvah doesn't go by how hard it is. Girls, what's the basis of Shluch HaKan? Anyone have it? What's the basis of Shluch HaKan? Anyone here know? Yeah. Right. You have on the mother by sending her away so she doesn't see you taking the babies. And you're getting something. You're getting either the eggs or the, or the little chickens. So you have to have a karsatov to the mother who laid the eggs, who, who, who has the babies. So because you have to have a karsatov, it's not, it's not fair to take those eggs from underneath the mother while she's sitting on them because it's painful. For, whatever, birds don't have pain, but it's not... It's, 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 it's not the bird, it's you. The mitzvah is not about the, it's not about the person you're helping, it's about you. So in other words, the bird has no feelings, birds have no feelings. So, but you, if you could not send away the mother and take eggs underneath the mother, it's going to make you into a mean person, it's going to make you into an evil person, it's going to make you into a person who has no pity, who has no, no, no right? So therefore, Shlucha Khan is also based in Hakar Satov. I'm getting something, and therefore, I want to make sure that the mother doesn't see it, and that therefore she's not in that pain, even though she's not in pain because she's a bird. Because I have to learn that lesson. So these two mitzvahs, one's very hard, one's very easy, have the same reward. Now everybody's going into Rosh Hashanah Kippur. What do you want? What are you doubting for? You're doubting for life. You're doubting for another year in Mitzvah Hashem. I hope most of you are doubting for that. So, here you have a Mitzvah. Now, why is that? Why do you think that's the reward? Because if you die, you can't, you can't do Kivit of Aim. Once you're not here, you can't do it. In the next world, there is no Kivit of Aim. So, 
you have to be alive. Can you do kibbutz of Eim Chatzshom? Your parents are not here anymore. Absolutely, it's the biggest kibbutz of Eim because they can't do anything for themselves. So it gives a person arichas yamim because you can still, as long as you're alive, which we're going to learn, you could still do the mitzvah of kibbutz of Eim. Okay. What? Nothing. Great. Well, they learn Torah, whatever it is. No, what I'm saying, the reward of, of doing this, of Hakar Satop, the whole basis of living in this world, I say that's why I'm very worried about America right now, the whole basis of, of living in this world is Hakar Satov. Adam, Adam, when he ate from the tree, he wasn't going to get punished the way he got punished. When Hashem said to him, why did you eat from the tree? He said, the woman, the woman you gave me, did this to me. Rashi says there, because of that he was punished. He was a what he should have said is, the woman gave me to eat from the tree. That's true, he didn't lie. But he threw it back on Hashem's face. It's your fault. The woman you gave me, Hashem's like, one second, I gave you the woman because you were lonely. Because he... He went to all the animals, he couldn't get a mate in an animal, so Hashem created a woman so that, because he was lonely. So Hashem's like, you're throwing that back in my face? And therefore he got punished, terrible punishment. Death was born into the world. Because if you don't have a car, so I told, he should have said, listen, thank you very much, she's, she's wonderful, you know, it's great, we hang out together, I'm not lonely. But yeah, she, she sort of gave me from the tree, I didn't know. We've been fine with Hashem, but he said no. It's sort of, it's sort of, you you buy your kid an ice cream in the store, right? And the kid takes the ice cream and smears it all over his his shirt, and the mother says, "Chaim, what are you what are you doing?" He says, "Ma, it's your fault." The mother says, "What, what do you mean it's my fault? You bought the ice cream." It's exactly what he did. You bought the ice cream, but you asked me for the ice cream, and you like ice cream. I, I so that's called a coffee term. Because of that, he was punished with misa. And everything else that the human being is punished with. So, it's very, Hashem is very, very into appreciation. So, let me go through a little bit. A little bit, we'll start um, with the mitzvah of, of Kibbutz of Eim. Now, there is something that many people tell me, um, which some of you I am sure are thinking, and that is, I didn't ask them to bring me into this world. Why do they owe them anything? It's a great question. I, I didn't ask you to bring me into this world. You decided you want to get married and have kids? Why do I owe you anything? Those are people who don't understand what one second in this world is worth. The missionary Pirkei says... That one second in this world, girls, is better. Mikol chaye olam haba. Everyone's like, I'm doing mitzvahs. I'm going to go to Ganeidan. I'm going to sit by Rachli Menu, or I don't know. Maybe I'll get a, a, a super iPhone up there. I don't know what they give out for presents. I don't know. By the way, there's no antennas. And there's no Verizon. There's, there's no smartphones up there. Can you imagine? Can anyone in this room imagine living without a phone in the next world? Like. Now in Gehenna, there's a lot. You can get all the phones you want in Gehenna. But in Gehenna, there's no phones. So, yeah. So, if that's not what they have in the next world, then probably it's not worth anything in this world either. Because it doesn't seem to be a reward in the next world. It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah that if you deserve Gehenna, then you're going to get this big new iPhone that they don't even have down in this world. Mom, you could WhatsApp everyone in Gehenna. You could be WhatsApp. Gehenna WhatsApp group. Huh? You think they have a Gehenna WhatsApp group? I don't think so. Maybe the other place they have a WhatsApp group. But I don't think Ganadin have a WhatsApp group. So, one second. You're going to hear a lot about technology with me because I'm very anti. And I, I like stick it into every single share because every girl in this room has something absolutely amazing. And that is, they have, they're alive. And they have time. And time is the most beautiful thing that a person can get. There's nothing more beautiful in this world, there is no bigger present 
That's why it's called the present in English. Then life. And what is life? Time. Once you have no more time, you're dead. It's done. So every person in this room, you look, most of you look alive. Not all of you, but most of you look alive, right? So you, Baruch Hashem, woke up this morning. You have something that's amazing. That's time. The davening or Shoshanim Kippur, you're davening for one thing. One thing only, girls. You're davening for time. Because if you're davening for health, and you're davening for money, and you're davening for a shidduch, and you're davening so much shalema, and you don't have time, none of that stuff will happen. So the foundation of all the things that you have in tefillah is time. You don't, that's number one. If you don't have time, there's no refuah, there's no chasen, there's no panasa, there's nothing. You're not here anymore. Time is the most precious thing in the world. That's why in English it's called the present, and that's called wasting time, it's called killing time. I didn't understand growing up, how do you kill time? You shoot it? How do you kill time? Why would they say that word? And the answer is because time is life. So if you don't use your time, you're killing it. So the satan came up, he's brilliant, and he's like, how could I take the human being's time, which is his life, and make him waste it? So, everybody is on their phones. In the car, you see, you see husbands and wives, I, 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 it, it bothers me, but I can't change the world. You see, I'm on Avenue J, and a husband and wife are in the car, and they roll up to the red light, and each one, they're not talking to each other, they're not facing each other, each one is on their phone. You go out to eat, and they're each on their phone. It's like, he, Mamish took over the world. He took over the world. WhatsApp and all this other stuff. And you think that you're communicating. You think that you're doing something. You're doing nothing. Movies are nothing. They're a waste of time. If I gave every girl an hour, if I told you that you have an hour to live, I don't think anyone is dumb enough in this room, have an hour, okay, I'm going to watch a movie. Nobody's going to do that. So a girl last year raised her hand and said, yeah, there's no movie in an hour. I need two and a half hours. But seriously, if you had an hour left to life, what would you do? What would you do with that hour? Think about it. Maybe go home tonight, maybe write it in your notebook. What you would do with that hour? Because when you figure out what you would do with that hour, you should do one hour a day of that every single day. Would you call your mother? Would you call your grandmother? Would you daven? Would you do someone a favor? I don't know what you would do. Would you go shopping? I have an hour left to laugh. Let's go to Bloomingdale to get a pair of shoes. No, you wouldn't, because shoes are not going to help you in the next world. What would you do with that hour? So you know what you do a whole day when you waste time after time after time after time? I'm shame's like, why did she ask me for a year? She's not using it. <coughs> there are people out there that want a minute. One minute they want. It's called a cheshman hanefesh. And a person has to make a cheshman hanefesh. That is... That's his whole thing. You know, people think, he, he made the phone, okay, that's added to watch things you shouldn't watch, and Lush and Hara. That's not the main problem. That is a problem, but the main problem is he did it to take away from all of you your lives, your life. Your life. You're so stuck on that phone. People complain to me, I don't answer my phone, and sometimes I don't even call them back, and I'm like, the f- I don't even look at my phone. I don't like my phone. I like people. We had to make a decision of whether we do a Vino Malcano this year. Every year we go to 13 different cities and we speak. Me, Charlie Harari, Jackie Vitone, whatever. Why, why Jacob's saying when we go speak. And it's amazing. Like in, in, in Flap, in, we, we, we do it in Brooklyn College or in, or in, uh, in, in Borough Park. 2,600 women come to that event. It's crazy. The energy in the room, schools and women, it's not normal. And this year I didn't know what to do. Because of COVID I didn't know what to do. And we sat around and we said, it has for Shalom, we have 2,600 women in a room and it becomes a spreader, a COVID spreader, a massive spreader. A lot of people are going to get sick with this variant. And people are going to be saying like, how how could Ornava be so irresponsible to put 16 or 2,000 women in a room and spread it. But do I believe that watching a shear is the same as sitting and listening? For sure not. 
Because Devorim Hayyitzim Alev Nechnosim Alev. I'm not just talking to your brains. I'm talking to your souls. But when you're on a video, you're talking to your brains. And you could go stop and have something to eat and take a shower and then come back. When you're having a shear, it's, it's, it's connected. So all this communications on a phone and texting and, and WhatsApping and groups and all that, it's not real communication. That's for deaf people. Deaf people communicate with their fingers, sign language. That's who communicates with their fingers, not people that could hear. But all of a sudden, I think the deaf people are hearing more than we're hearing. And we're, we're, we're coming before Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and I think we need to focus on what do you really want? Why do you want to live another year? What, what do you want? To be on a WhatsApp group? To watch a movie? What? You're gonna, what do you want? And what a person should want, and that's what the Mishnah says, is that a moment in this world is so amazing. Because you could do a mitzvah. Because you can make someone smile. Because you could give your mother a hug. A kiss. Your father. Your grandmother. You could, you could help someone. You could help a kid that, that's, that's struggling in school. There's no girl in this room that can't tutor a first grader or a second grader or a third grader. You could change their life. You could save their lives. I've seen it. I'm a teacher for 43 years. I've seen little kids. I was an assistant principal in Crown Heights Yeshiva, and I was downstairs all the time in pre-1A and in first grade and second grade just to see the kids and the kids that were not socially, especially girls. What's a girl's life? What's a girl's life in school? It's two things. It's your social status, it's your friends, and it's how well you do in school. And the girls that are popular and everyone likes them, even if they don't do well in school, they're fine. They don't get depressed. They don't, they're not in trouble. If you have friends and you're like, you're it, and everyone wants to come to your house and wants to get invited to your bas mitzvah, and you're like, it, doesn't matter whether you're getting 40s on your test. But if you're not it and you're socially a little bit off and you're not doing well in school, that kid is going down the tubes. Because she feels very unwanted, she feels very not successful, usually if she's socially a little different and not doing well, she will be bullied by the other girls that are, feel insufficient and they need to step on someone else's head in, in order to get where they're going, right? So that kid is going down a path that's not very good. Depression, anxiety, even much worse than that. There's a lot of kids out there like that. There's a lot of little girls like that. That they're not socially doing well. They have dysfunctional families. No one in the class likes them. They're being bullied. And automatically, if that's where you're coming from, you're not doing well in school unless you're a brainiac. So the two things that mean something to a girl, she's not successful in. And anyone in this room could walk into any elementary school in Brooklyn and say, listen, I'm in Rabbi Wallenstein's seminary. He gave a speech. Um, If you have any girls that need, like, again, I don't know how smart all of you are. Maybe you can't teach eighth grade math, but you can teach first grade. You can teach the Aleph Bays. And you you know what you're doing for that kid? Maybe something that someone else didn't do for you. What are you doing for that kid? These girls that that are socially inept and not doing well, they feel very alone and very dark in their room, in their class. They don't want to go to school. People make fun of them all the time. They have no life. They're in a very dark place. All of a sudden this, I don't know if they were named Shifra, right? But all of a sudden Shifra shows up that the school said, you know, once a week she's going to come to the house. Shifra shows up. It's like, Ma, who's that? Um, this girl wants to learn with you once a week. And maybe go out for pizza. Me? Nobody likes me. Why would anybody want to go out with me? I don't know. Why don't you meet her? And this kid meets Shifra. And Shifra is one of you girls. And you're like, I'm here to help you with your class, with your learning. And, you know, maybe I'll come Monday nights for an hour and then, and then Wednesday night we'll go out for pizza. Me? You take me out to pizza? Nobody likes me. Why would you? Why would you? What are you talking about? You're pretty little. You're a pretty little girl. You're fun. You, you, this girl never needs therapy. She'll never need medicine. You save her life. 
What are you doing? You're watching a movie? <laughs> what, what do you have from the movie after two and a half hours? Nothing. You didn't help anyone. It's so not normal because girls like crying movies. Crying books, crying movies, right? We don't have enough to cry about. All the people that died this year and all the sick people. Nah, we have to watch a crying movie. At the end of the movie, she dies in his arms. I thought thought they were going to cure her cancer and she dies. And you're crying and your friends are crying. Everybody's crying. What a sad movie. And then, three weeks later, that actress who died is in another movie. Except this time, she's Superwoman, she's flying, she's one of the five Marvel, I don't know, whatever. And you're like, wow, this is also a great movie. And I'm like, oh, that's what Tresa Mason means. She died three weeks ago, and she's back alive. You wasted tears? Tears? From your eyes, from a Jewish girl's eyes? That could break a Xera? The only things, it says Hashem built a wall, and the only thing that can break the wall in Shemayim are our tears, and you took those tears and wasted on a girl that died but didn't die? She didn't die. And then two weeks later, you're going to cry again, and, and, and you're going to re- read another book? That, that's not true what, what you're reading. That's why you're crying? Go to a hospital for, for high lifeline and, and, and watch a kid who has no hair who doesn't know if they're going to live till next week, right? And take care of that kid and then go home and say to Hillam and cry. Crying over a movie? I'm not giving you much. I'm talking to myself, by the way. Just, these are for the people that you know that are doing this. You guys, you both been a girl, but you know what life is? You know what a minute of life is? That's what you're asking. You stand with Shanim Kip, you're like, please. So what do they do? They open your books. And they're like, you know, she cried last year. Let's see what she did with her year. And the Sutton walks in. He's got all the, by the way, Sutton and Verizon, Sprint. He's got all the connections. He's got a whole printout of how many hours you were on. Whole printout. They're like, okay. She was on her phone. 22,000 hours. Really? Wow. Okay. Maybe she was on tour anytime for those 22,000 hours. Maybe she was learning. Satan has everything, everything, just like just like the FBI, they have everything, right? Okay, let's see what she was watching. Maybe it was Rabbi Wallace and Shuram, I don't know, let's see. Ay, 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 ay. Ay, 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 what's on that screen? And the Satan's like, Hashem, you're going to give her another year of this? She watch another 40 movies, and be another 60 WhatsApps? On Yeshiva World, she's going to watch this and that and the other thing, and the weather, and all this other garbage? That's what she wants. That's what you're going to give her life for. But if she's staying there, she's saying, "Look, Hashem, I messed up last year. I wasted a lot of time. You give me life, and I'll show you what I could do with it." Ooh, nice challenge. Hashem, you give me a year, and I'll show you what I could do. I'm going to turn around twenty little girls. That's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to make ten people smile every single day. I'm going to mama should be a loony bin. She's going to walk up to people and say. Really? That's why you want life? And Hashem, I'm going to do kibbutz of aim. He's going to give you life. He's going to give you life. That's how you have to go. That's how you have to prepare for Shoshana Yom Kippur. Time, time. You don't understand. I'm a lot older than you. I'm triple the age of every girl in this room. Triple. Figure it out. More than triple. I wish, I wish, I could get a lot of my time back. I wish. I wasted so much time. I didn't know who Hashem was. I didn't know what it meant to help someone. So much time. Not on phones. We didn't have. Baruch Hashem. Oh my gosh, if in my generation we would have had this, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done. It would have been crazy. But we wasted a lot of time. And I, you, you can't get it back. It's the problem, girls. Can't get it back. Though a second ago, you can't get back. It's the past. You can't get it back. So you got to make it worthwhile. 
So yeah, maybe everyone should take on themselves that they're going to they're going to they're going to fu- go to a school and find that elementary school and find that you, you don't understand these girls. I had them. I had first graders and second graders, and like I, I did set up. I did set up some high school girls with with these kids, and like like these kids had no mouth. They had no pride. They had nothing, and they would walk into class, and the other girls would be. A, it's the girl with like, you know, the two socks are not the same, her nose is dripping, her hair's not done, she's not being taken care of. All the other girls are like, <sighs> like, you know, and I have to tell you a crazy story. And we'll end with that. And, and, um, oh, it's such a dark place. I was never in that place. I was, I was like the guy. I was like the guy. Cause I was an athlete and I was a tough guy and I, I never, I was never bullied. Nobody messed with me. Um, I broke a guy's nose. That was the end of that. Nobody, nobody. I, I was just. I was a hockey player. I was a whole different, the different mindset. I was. My father was a marine. I was brought up very, very strong and very tough. I, I never lived in that dark corner where I felt like ugly and 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 nobody likes me. And I know a lot of girls that are that were in that corner. And I know a lot of people. I've spent a lot of time with them. I can't say that I experienced it. I didn't. I never experienced it. But I helped a lot of kids with it. And 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 when this little girl would walk in. And say to the other girls, you know who was in my house last night? And they're like, where, 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 who? Donald Duck? Mickey Mouse? Rifki. Rifki was Rifki. Rifki's a seminary girl. Why would a seminary girl come to visit you? She said she likes me. She said I'm pretty. You know what that does? You don't get to be Wallerstein. You don't get to take courses in Kirov. You change your whole life, her children's life, her grandchildren's life, just by being risky. And they're like, why would she like you? And she goes, I don't know. She said, I'm pretty. And, and Wednesday, I'm going for pizza. You're not going for pizza. She's taking me for pizza. What? She's, and you know, they say this a lot, the other kids. She's not coming back. She's not coming back. She's not coming Wednesday. Mom is hurt kids. It's so not normal how kids treat other kids like... She's not coming back. She doesn't really like you. She probably has to do that for chesed. Chesed class. No, she's coming back. No, she's not coming back. And then you come back on Wednesday. This kid comes back Thursday morning. Yeah, she came back. And we went for pizza. And she got me ice cream too. And it's like a badge of honor. And everyone in this room can do that. And everyone watching out there, mothers, fathers, older boys, older girls, can do that. That's why you should want life. For no other reason. Hashem, I am going to make your world a better place. And that's why I'm here. I'm here for you. And if you give me life, if you give me life, I'm working for you. I don't want to go on the unemployment line, Hashem. I don't want to die. Don't put me on the unemployment line. I am coming here, Hashem. I'm working for you. I don't need my phone. I don't need nothing. I work for you, Hashem. So I want to be employed next year. Guaranteed you live next year. I don't care. COVID becomes a who knows what. You will live next year. Because there's not that many people in this world that are working for Hashem. There are a lot of people working against Hashem. There's not a lot of people working for Hashem. So if that's what you take on, that that's why I want to be in this world, then one moment in this world, working for Hashem, helping His children, helping His world be a better place, says the Mishnah is better than the whole next world. Because in the next world, you don't work for Hashem. Whatever you do, but you don't work for Hashem in the next world. That's the gift of life. That's Rosh Hashanah. That's Yom Kippur. That's what we want. So I want to end with the true story. So there's this little girl in first grade. I'm a wacky guy. I, I love kids. You know why? Because kids don't have filters. Little kids. Like if you want to know what's going on in their parents' house, you're like, so your tati loves your mommy? Loves my mommy? He threw a plate at her last night. They don't, they don't, have, they don't have any filters. Kids have no filters. So you want to find out, I'm finished. If you want to find out, you can find out anything that you want. Anyway, so I, I, didn't, I, I was careful. I never used to ask that question because they'll tell you everything. So I walk into first grade and there's this one girl. 
she had like sardines in her briefcase from like 10 years ago. She had like penicillin growing in the briefcase. Mamish, like never dressed, never, her hair was never made. Just, just very dysfunctional mother and father. They were divorced and the mother was in deep depression. Nobody took care of this kid. I don't even know if they had food in the house. And she would come to school and you could see it. You could just see the way she looked. It was just brown. Her neck was even brown. Like she didn't, sh- I don't know. She, it was, and all the girls were So I walked in one day and I said to the class, I want to know where is Hashem? First grade. Where is the true story? Hashem's my witness. I'm sitting here. Where is Hashem? So I want everybody to write on a piece of paper, where is Hashem? Because I didn't want them to copy each other. There are 22 girls in the class. 21 of them wrote in Shemayim. In heaven, up there. A lot of girls wrote up there. You know, Shemayim, they were up there. Okay. The 22nd girl was this kid. Was this kid. She didn't write up there. She wrote in there. Well, I, I, what does that mean? I didn't know what that meant. In, in there. Not up there. In there. Okay? So I looked over to her desk. I remember sitting in the corner. We'll call her Miriam. I said, Miriam, stand up. She was very scared of me because I was just a principal. Yeah, Rabbi Wallace, I'm like, you wrote in your paper in there. What does that mean? I said, Miriam, where is Hashem? Little kid, where is Hashem? She goes, in there. I said, but, I said, but Miriam, everybody said Hashem is up there. Because every kid learns that. Hashem is up there. What do you mean in there? She says to me, one out of 22. She says to me, no, he's not up there. He's in here. I'm like, how do you know? She said, because I feel him. In all my years of chinuch, no one has ever answered, I feel him in here. You, if I were to come in here and ask you, you would all, everybody points up. Why? Because she's alone in the dark. And there's no one out there for her. And when there's no one out there for you, and you think you're in the dark, this little first grader understood... Hashem's not up there. He's not a foreign object somewhere in Shemayim. Hashem is in here. Your job this year is to bring this to all these little children that don't have what everyone else has and give them an understanding that Hashem is in here. Not up there, not over there, but Hashem is in here. And there's not a girl in this room that cannot do that for someone else. And that should be your tefillah, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Of course, you have to use your machzor and all that. Outside the machzor, God, listen to me. Listen to me carefully. I'm not going on the unemployment line. I, this year, will work for you. Not movies, not WhatsApps, not my phone. I don't even need my phone. I am going to help you in this world make it a better place. You are guaranteed to have a kesiva v'chasimah tayla. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.